Welcome to Meet My Brain, a field guide to Asperger's. I'm your host, the autistic woman. This episode is the first in a series about autism and domestic violence. This subject might bring up things for some people that could make them uncomfortable, so please consider that before listening. Domestic violence is a soul-crushing, life-altering experience. In some cases, it takes a person's life. I believe that autistics are particularly susceptible or vulnerable to domestic violence because of our inherent traits. The subject of domestic violence is complex. I worked on this episode for a while to organize it, yet it's not easy to segregate each concept because they're intertwined. My experience with domestic violence comes from a number of perspectives as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and judge. I've heard many stories. When a criminal charge is involved, there has been some act of physical violence or threats. Even loud arguing, so loud it's disturbing others, can be considered domestic violence. Verbal or emotional or mental abuse is not currently recognized as a crime, so the legal system doesn't play a role. I experienced emotional and mental abuse. I know autism played a role, in my case a huge role, in why I had two long and unhealthy relationships. As an autistic, I tend to believe the best about people. I tend to be honest and open in relationships. I believe we all want happiness. I consider myself to be fair and my ethics are important to me. I equate disclosure with connection. I'm logical and I think in black and white. Those traits act as magnets to attract abusers. My goal is to relate my experience in a way that can tell you what to look for. As an autistic, I don't do well with vague concepts. Like if someone says a partner should be good to you, well, that's not going to help me at all. What do you mean by good? And does it mean all the time? Or what if sometimes he's not good? And how good? How will I know? When things made me unhappy in a relationship, I asked for advice or read books. But it was all too vague. It was hard to have confidence in my decisions when I didn't quite get it. An abusive partner is very good at mind control. They have a way of influencing a person without them even understanding what's happening. I came to a point that I didn't want to repeat this kind of relationship. It meant I had to learn the dynamic so I could spot and understand the behaviors. People rarely have the courage to tell someone else to leave a situation. And when they do, it's just, you should leave, which to an autistic like me is meaningless. Again, I need specifics. I need the analysis. I need to trust in what I'm doing and seeing. I didn't know at what point there wasn't enough good to outweigh the bad. It wasn't black and white. While you could say every situation is different, the basics are the same. When I became single, I heard other women talk about their unhealthy relationships, and I thought they had been living with the same person. It was shocking how similar the behaviors were. To the extent that autistics have certain traits and outlooks that are the same, so do abusers. They say and do the same things. There is a pattern, and you can learn it. 
I'll be referring to the abusive partner as he because that's my experience. There are women who abuse as well. I've heard their behaviors can be different in some ways, but I don't have experience with that. So I can't tell you how it's different, if at all. I do know there are some basic traits and situations you can look for that at their core are the same. It's just a different way of expressing. This will take more than one episode, and I will cover what domestic violence is, the criminal side of domestic violence, what an abuser looks like, how and why autistics are more vulnerable, how to recognize it, and what to do about it. So let's talk about an abusive partner, their behaviors, and what it looks like from the victim's point of view. Abuse isn't always obvious. It's like water dripping from a leaky faucet. It takes a while to cause a flood or high water bill. You might not even think the bill is high because it's been going up slowly over time. A victim can get to a point where she doesn't even notice. The abuse becomes normalized. Abusers do not change. That's been my experience. Even with the best treatment, they get worse. They're incapable of changing. Counseling gives them more fuel to manipulate. It teaches them about human behavior and vulnerabilities they can later exploit. If you know an abuser who has stopped the physical violence, there usually is emotional or mental abuse that continues. Here are some things abusers have in common. Everything is about power and control. Abusers are masters of manipulation and have highly developed techniques to gain power. Abusers use strategies like gaslighting, triangulating, isolation, guilt, blame, confusion, and more to control their victims. Abusers are usually lying. They rarely tell the truth and wouldn't recognize it. They lie all the time, and as one told me, so they don't have to keep track of which story they told to who. Abusers lack a conscience. A person without a conscience is dangerous. Abusers lack sympathy, empathy, and compassion. The way an animal lacks empathy for its prey, they don't care about how you feel. Abusers have issues with money. They overspend or they are misers. They think it's okay to punish a partner when she does something he doesn't like. They often use the silent treatment. Abusers have few friends. Abusers have many enablers. Abusers are sneaky. They use stealth. They are continuously working in the background to gain control. They use sarcasm as a way to avoid intimacy and to get away with being cruel. They do not connect with others. Many have substance abuse problems. Most cheat. It's the victim's fault. Abusers are not responsible for anything. Everyone else is to blame. Abusers use other people, anyone from a parent to a fellow employee, to get what they want. Abusers are never wrong. Everyone else is always wrong. Abusers don't make mistakes. Abusers know the best way to do things and give others unsolicited advice on how to handle their lives. Abusers are not logical. 
they aren't swayed by reason. Abusers have little respect for the law. Some end up in jail. Some never get caught. Abusers have an idealized view of relationships, and a victim will never live up to it. Abusers feel entitled to the best of everything, from service at a restaurant to a discount on something, to the best hotel room, and at a discount price. Abusers are masters at putting others in a losing position. A victim cannot win with an abuser. They neglect their family and friends. They don't care about their children. They're insensitive. Here are some things to look for before or during a relationship. From the start, an abuser is charming. I'm not saying every person who is charming is an abuser. Rather, that it raises the question. Charming means one or more of the following. If he's outgoing, he's the person everyone seems to like. People pay attention when he walks into a room. He exudes confidence and strength. It might seem that everyone wants his attention. It can be that people will do anything he wants. If he's more introverted, he'll use a sense of humor or knowledge about something to charm. He might even claim to be devoted to a religion. He will find a way to get people to admire him. An abuser acts differently depending on the situation, often in a way that doesn't seem genuine. He can say things that are contradictory and people don't seem to notice. He'll talk about his accomplishments, which may sound impressive. He may seem like an expert in his chosen subject, and he might be. He might say something complimentary, smile brightly, and look people in the eye. He'll remember a personal quality about someone, that they play golf or that they have kids, and he'll mention it. He might tell a woman she's beautiful the first time he meets her. He may tell her he finds her enchanting or that he's never met anyone like her. That sounds pretty general, right? Now, I'm not judging on these qualities alone. If you were to observe and interact with this person, what are you feeling? Entertained? Happy? Drawn to him? Do you think he's amazing? Are you impressed? Later, are you hoping to see him again? Do you think about him a lot? These aren't red flags, yet these are caution signs. If you're already imagining a life with him, shut it down. Walk away. You've now experienced a charming person. If you're autistic, you may find it challenging to judge a social situation or even a person. Be careful. Perhaps autistics more than anyone need to be discriminating and careful in their choices. Think about this. An abuser uses charm to get what he wants. He's an actor who plays the role of the good guy in public and can be the opposite in private. He's a chameleon, changing when it benefits him. In a relationship, the abuser can be charming for days or even years. He can turn it off and on whenever he wants to. This is one method an abuser uses to confuse and control the victim, particularly one who analyzes and thinks logically. Charm isn't always obvious. For example, instead of saying, 
I made the most sales in the company last year, so I got a promotion. He might say, the company was looking for a proven salesperson, and having the best year doesn't hurt. With the kind of salary this company pays, I'd be crazy not to go for it. Notice how this isn't a lie, but implies a lot. It might even be true. It might actually refer to him. If you listen closely, you can't be sure he's talking about himself, but he wants you to think he is. An autistic can be susceptible to charm because we don't necessarily see the benefit from lying. So what's the point? Logic. Boundary violations, which I've talked about before, are important because a person who doesn't respect the first boundary you set will have no problem violating more. This is also something that increases once it's been allowed. It's important to test his respective boundaries right away by setting a small and reasonable one. Some ways to do that are telling him not to text you after a certain time of night or saying that you don't like talking about politics. Boundaries are powerful. Abusers, though, will test boundaries as a way to figure out how easy it will be to control the person who sets them. An abuser will violate boundaries, usually right away. If not, then eventually. He might even have what he thinks is a good reason for the violation, like he forgot or thought you weren't serious or loves you. It can be overt or subtle. You might be in a group of people and he announces, she doesn't like it when I talk about politics, but, and then go on to do it. It's on purpose. It's a test. It also is disrespectful and he knows it. Whenever you let someone violate your boundaries, you give the message that you are weak, yes, and easily controlled. Abusers are always right. They are the smartest person in the room and never make mistakes. They won't apologize because they're never wrong. The most you would hear is, I'm sorry you feel that way. If he were to not show up to something important, for example, and the victim says something, she'll get sorry and nothing more. Abusers are critical of the victim and others. Some will come right out and say, that outfit makes you look fat. While others might say, you're going to look great in that when you lose that 20 pounds. Or even something like, a guy at work said his wife lost a lot of weight on that new diet. Abusers are not critical in their minds. They're helpful. They give people advice whether the person realized they needed it or not. Abusers use what a person says against them. Please remember this. If his partner tells him she's upset with a friend, he'll bring it up to the friend. When she asks him about that, she'll hear something like this. I forgot you didn't want me to. Or, you know me, I'm not good at secrets. Or, what's the big deal? I was just trying to help. Or even, I'm not going to lie to her. Confiding past relationships, things about family, things going on at work, even something good, like getting a promotion, will be used against the partner later. Yes, even something good. An abuser is a master at this type of manipulation. He is listening to every word and observing the partner's feelings to use later. 
He is making a note of what makes his partner sad, what disappoints her, what makes her angry, what makes her happy. When he wants to manipulate her, he will pull out one of the things the partner said and use it, and it will hurt. For example, if she gets a promotion, his response might be, I hope you got a raise, or be careful, the other employees are going to be jealous, or even don't tell your family, let's see if it works out first. If any of this sounds familiar, this is domestic violence. It's emotional abuse. It's enough. You don't need more to justify getting out of the situation. Emotional, like physical abuse, doesn't get better. It wears down self-esteem, even if you don't think it does. With each insult, a person gets used to that level of mistreatment. And when the next thing happens, it's not compared to how people treat each other in a good relationship. It's compared to the last time. This hasn't magically gone away, even though I've experienced painful relationships. The difference is that I have the knowledge now that comes not just from experience, but also from learning all I can about the subject. I have the context I need to get it at a very high price. My logical brain has the information. I turn to it whenever I feel my emotions are out of whack, even if I'm not sure why. I still have to deal with someone in my life who is emotionally abusive, so I have to protect myself. Sometimes I feel myself wanting to go down the path I always have, and my logical brain will say, No, you promised yourself you wouldn't do this if this happened. Or, you knew he was going to ask you this. Don't answer. What about love? This is not love. Love is reciprocal in a partnership. This is control. This won't get better. This is not a person to give another chance to. He is not someone to feel sorry for because he had a bad childhood. This is a grown man. Your love is not going to change him. He cannot be saved. This episode touches on the lengthy and complex subject of domestic violence and some reasons autistics can be susceptible. This episode scratches the surface, so I hope you'll listen to the next and learn even more. This has been Meet My Brain, a field guide to Asperger's. I'm the Autistic Woman. 